guys, welcome to episode six of the Game Tree podcast. I hope everyone is doing good. My name is Peach, and as usual, I am joined by my handsome co-host Justin. Hello, Justin. Why, hello there. And we have such an awesome guest with us this month. She hails from Canada and goes by the name of Makama Plays. Hello, Makama. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. We're super excited to have you here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay. Makama, I think we're probably safe in saying that you're one of the Game Tree's biggest fans because you've been a great supporter of it since it started and you're always one of the first people to listen to the new episode. So I want to thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for creating it. It's just so, it's such an engaging question to ask. And after I listened to the first episode, my, my little brain didn't stop going. And I started thinking to myself, what would I do? So it's just so engaging to see kind of where people's minds go when they pick their, their top five games, essentially to be a lifetime game it's great i love it <laughs> and now you're here and you can tell us what your picks are <laughs> oh my goodness and now it's me and i can tell you one thing narrowing it down to five games it was a difficult task because we're talking easy. generations of consoles <laughs> it's not easy at all <laughs> we found out that this was an engaging question when twitch literally asked it this week right that was ridiculous so the the twitch i think it was like twitch uk and ireland have their own uh twitter profile and they posted a question. They were like, hey, guys, if you were, if you were trapped on a deserted island, what free games would you pick? <laughs> like, I retweeted, retweeted it like, excuse me, Twitch. Uh, this has been done. <laughs> yes, I've been here before you. <laughs> How dare. I honestly could not believe that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I'm a big fan of your streams, as is Justin. Uh, but for anyone who hasn't watched your streams, uh, how would you explain it to them? What, what would you tell them to expect? Yeah, of course. Um, the foundation of it is I'm a Canadian streamer. Uh, I do play, of course, a variety of video games on PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch, or PC. Um, I mostly specialize in open world RPGs, latest releases, or strong narrative-driven storylines. Um, that's kind of the premise of when you first walk in the space. Um, the second layer of it, it's really simple. Come for the game and stay for the community and friends. It's it's a feel-good place. There's honestly an, an authenticity there and, and an acceptance I wouldn't trade for the world. I, it's just fun. We hang out, we talk games, we get a little silly, we have sometimes wholesome and sometimes hilarious exchanges. Um, and it could be anything from, you know, a silly sound alert to just someone saying something humorous. So it's just a great community vibe. So come for the game and stay for the chat. Yeah, I think silly is a good word because I think mm. you, you, you don't take yourself too seriously. But And I love that about you because I think mm. when I first met you, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether I don't. I, I don't. Is it the Canadian thing? I don't know. But you seemed quite kind of serious and quite kind of formal. I don't know if that's the word. I don't know what it was. But then, <laughs> as soon as I started seeing how silly you are, I was like, I love this girl. <laughs> yeah, it's it's how Makama came off to me as well. I think it's just your tone and and cadence, or cadence is just, you know, we're here for business. And then the, when the longer that you're in your streams and the first time somebody uh, follows or or donates a sub to you and your sub alert comes up, you're like, oh, no, this is this isn't the real Makama. She's here to party at this all times. This is what I was expecting. <laughs> it's just it's just so silly. It's Twitch is just a space where you have this 
this unique ability to be completely and, and, and utterly yourself. Like if you're, if you're authentic, people will stick around and it's totally okay to, to, to laugh at yourself or to laugh at a funny joke or just to say something silly or just to get a little, a little crazy sometimes, right? So it's always say hello and do the, the proper Canadian thing by being polite and saying, thank you for the follow. How are you today? And how are we doing? And you got to bring out the I'm sorry's every once in a while. And the A's. Um, but just have a laugh. And A, we say A a lot, that's right, and we put maple syrup on everything. It's I, delicious. I can't imagine anything better. I love, I love maple syrup. Give me all the maple syrup. Right, right? Seriously. And when did you start streaming? What made you get into it? Uh, starting to stream, it's, it's kind of strange how it happened. It wasn't an overnight thing. Um, a lot of the games that I play, I often go on YouTube and watch people's playthroughs of it, or I would watch any, any, any updates that YouTubers would have about a specific game. And at one point, one of them mentioned that they also stream on Twitch. And this was maybe two years ago. And I thought to myself, I don't know what Twitch is, but let's take a look at it. And as soon as I checked it out, first thing that came to mind was that looks like fun. <laughs> so I did, yeah, it looked, it looked like an absolute blast to me. And I'm somebody who's always had no fear and trying something new the worst that can happen um, is how would I put that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain so the worst that could happen is that you just put it away if you don't like it so I just decided to invest in a streaming PC got the foundation of it my capture card um, set up some OBS did a little bit of branding with the logos and the emotes and and here we are today but that's kind of how it started it was just me overhearing somebody talking about it and then checking out the space and saying I need to try that out that Ooh, looks like a good time day. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's a great way to be. It's just like, what have we got to lose? Give it a go. If you don't right. like it, then you know you tried it at least. Exactly. You can always say that you tried. And now you have the wolf den. <laughs> and now we have the wolf's den with some crazy, crazy sound alerts going on in there <laughs> and some crazy, amazing human beings that I would not trade for the world. Your your sound alerts get stuck in my head for days at a time. <laughs> if any, you ever get on a hype train, I know that I'm going to wake up to use the bathroom that night and walking to the bathroom, I'm going to hear your follow alerts or your, your sub alerts <laughs> just come ringing through my head. Somebody it's... come get her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, getting worked. Um, yeah, it's just it's just one big, one big meme, one big vine. I've always loved vines, um, and vines are going to mm -hmm. stick around with me for a very long time. And then the vines definitely, uh, the vine game is definitely strong. We love the vines. Always love the vines. It's so funny, and I think that when people finally hear those sound alerts, it, their own shells kind of crack down, and they say, "Oh, she's a little silly, and so is this group. So I can feel free to be myself as well." <laughs> I think it's great. It's great. I think my favorite one that made me realize how silly you are, and I think especially, again, I think it's like the kind of the way that you talk and everything. The the hello, excuse my language, everyone, the hello motherfucker one. And you would just <laughs> literally say, hello, motherfucker. It's yeah. just the way that you say it. I think the first time you did it, I was so not expecting it, and it was my favorite thing. I love it. <laughs> It's so funny. It's it's like I say, it's just so silly. Little things like that. For for someone to for someone to walk into a space and use one hundred channel points to say, Hello, motherfucker. <laughs> like you need to learn to be able to take the joke, right? There's just something so silly about it and I love it. It's uh I think it's great. And I have it I have another points redemption one it's it's a vine and it's the gentleman who was playing the guitar on the street and he strums once and goes i love you bitch and there's just <laughs> something about it i think it's hysterical and and the viewers love to use it so i mean hey if we're not hurting anybody let's have a go exactly
So Makama, I actually reached out to you and the way you and I connected was actually through Instagram. That's how I got to know you. And I think I was the one that on a whim when Peach was raiding once was like, we should, we should raid, we should raid this Makama person. She seems kind of neat. And so that yep. started this, uh, this whirlwind of a community that, that we've got going on. And so my, my question would be how, how have you seen the growth of your own community over the years that you've been doing this? Like, has Instagram been been helpful to you or do you feel like just like going out into other people's streams is more helpful to like seeing your channel grow? Because you're you're growing and you're reaching out and you've got things going on behind the scenes that, you know, hopefully everyone will find out about soon. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm just interested on your thoughts on that. So growth in the last few years, um, I made I made a colossal mistake when I first started streaming. I didn't have any socials. I created a Twitch account and I hit the go live button and I was like, why is nobody watching me? <laughs> I, I was completely, completely a deer in headlights. Um, and then when I created my Instagram account, that's where I met Justin and it kind of overlapped back in towards Twitch. The socials, like the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok, they do contribute towards growth, yes. I find that they're more important for the communication aspect of it. So when you post on your Instagram story or you post a tweet about your schedule or if you're running late or what the roster is for the upcoming week, I find that it's a lot more helpful in that sense to kind of keep people who find you on Twitch up to date on what you're going on. And then from there, it kind of it kind of ripples down. Other people see who liked your comment or who who followed your post or so on and so forth. Um, I find with my personal growth in Twitch, it kind of really started with just a few raids over time. Cause like I say, I started from nothing. I bought a PC, no socials, hit go live. And then was surprised when nobody showed up and which is a very, <laughs> a, very silly everyone? Thing, a very silly thing that I did. So my growth was a little bit slower cause I, I kind of did it backwards. I didn't build something before going live. I went live and tried to build something. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, the socials help with meeting new people, yes. Um, but the actual live part of it is where you have your biggest discoverability. So in the game category with the raids that come in. And then those people you met on those socials who come and interact in your streams. Which is great. So in in the growth that you've seen and the community that you're building, and I, I know a lot of members of your community are great people. Now they're, they're branching out into, let's say, like Peach's stream. And now we're getting to know them through there. But especially, let's say, like in the last year or so, like everyone's been stuck at home. You know, the world has been very different for the last year. So I think in that time, a lot of us have actually gotten to be closer than maybe we would have in previous years where the the Twitch community has become something more than just a community. And you see you see actual friendships being formed. So have you noticed or what's that experience been like for you? Like making for like, for me, I've made real life friends that I, I feel like, you know, Peach is somebody that I'm going to be talking to when I feel like I'm 70, uh, like <laughs> real life friends just through the, like through the magic of the internet. And so, you know, have you had that type of experience? And if you have, like, what do you, what does that make you feel like? Is it a good thing? I'm assuming it's a good thing, but you know, you get what I'm saying. I, I do, I do. It's, it's, and this is what's so fascinating and, and, and so amazing about the Twitch space is that 
almost everybody who first walks into the Twitch app, they go for one particular reason, because they have a genuine interest in a video game or something else that a category that Twitch has to offer. I do not think ever as a streamer, I anticipated meeting all the amazing people I have met throughout the last year. And there are people who I genuinely consider my friends. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely lovely. And it blows my mind that I'm talking with Justin, who's just down south of me, and Peach, who's on the other side of the world, and from the UK, we're talking in three different accents. But I look at the two of you and I say, I genuinely adore the two of you and the both of you are my friends. So I think that that's such a special thing that I did not see coming. And like you say, in the last year where things have been, have been quiet, we'll call it, um, there's not a lot that we were able or allowed to do. It kind of filled that void that we were all craving and that interaction that we were all craving and blossomed into something more to, ge to people I genuinely truly adore and consider my friends and even my family at this point right mm -hmm. yeah I mean if if I could go back in time and be like talk to my previous self a year or something ago and be like hey this person that you're messaging on Instagram will one day grab their significant other and you will grab your son and you will play an hour and a half of Fortnite together an hour before we do a <laughs> podcast together. I would have been like, no way. Come on now. That's not going to actually happen. And yet that is something that happened today. It is. And it's like a it's like a whole new world just opened up. And, and, and I was the same way, Justin. Like I would play online multiplayers and I would mute my squad mates because I just didn't have an interest in what anybody had to say <laughs> except except me. <laughs> um, but now that you we, we've kind of opened ourselves up to the to the idea of the interaction that Twitch has to offer, I, I would never take it back. It's lovely. It's lovely when it happens. And it's true. You don't like I I started watching Twitch shortly before I even started streaming and I did not anticipate meeting all the friends that I have and yeah I think it's I, I think for a lot of people it's got us through a very tough year as well because obviously um we haven't been able to see our friends and hang out with them and everything if we're in lockdown and uh yeah I feel like it's been a good kind of escape for a lot of people so um yeah we're quite lucky and then and then there's Makama sat here wearing peach please merchandise right now <laughs> so, cozy. so i think that sums it all up perfectly <laughs> it's super cozy <laughs> she looks lovely in it <laughs> yes yes i do i agree <laughs> so what do you find are your favorite things about streaming actually nice. no let's let's scratch that i feel okay. like your favorite things are going to be the community right it, it has to be. It's, it's, obviously, I, obviously there, I have this, this competitive side to me and I'm very competitive with myself. Like I want to get that platinum in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. At this point, it's just me being stubborn and competitive. But the people who, the, the people who just keep coming back or the new people we meet who end up coming back later to just put themselves through that torture with me, it's 100% it's the answer is the community. It's a blast. We have a laugh. Yeah, I've, I I said it and I thought, hang on, I know I already know the answer to that one. So let's twist right. it and say, what are your what are your least favorite things about streaming? The least favorite thing about streaming, it's 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 a bit difficult. There, there's some obvious answers like you're gonna get some not so nice people that pop in. That's unavoidable for the rest of your Twitch your Twitch career, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of my least favorite things is I wish I I honestly wish that I did have more time. 
because I, I have somewhat of that that business mindset and when and you guys know me and those viewers who are listening they're about to find out when I invest in something I invest 110 percent I want to do something that I enjoy. I become passionate about it. I want to put a good product on foot. I want it to look good. I want it to be structured. That's kind of like the business model aspect I see of it. Um, so that being said is the fact that I, I, I have graduated from university. I have a bachelor's degree. I work full time. It's hard for me to work full time, manage being an adult, managing time with friends, time with family, and then finding space to uh, finding the time to stream part-time in between all of that so i have to find areas where i need to sacrifice part of my days or part of my weekends to really try to make a schedule work so that i say would be one of my least favorite things is that i i'm i'm only able to with the extra free time i have to give it between you know 80 to 90 percent and not 110 percent i makaba i don't I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this without i don't want to put any other streamer down I'm, I'm, I'm putting that. I'm putting this out there right now. I only know one streamer that will be like, I got up on a Saturday and streamed for 12 hours just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Like, I don't. If, if that's you being like, I wish I could do more. I don't. I don't know what else you could do. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly. there's the, those sat those Saturday streams where it's just like, oh, I just streamed for 10 hours today, and I was like, what? Without even breaking a sweat. And then there's me doing like my stream anniversary 12 hours and i'm just like an absolute wreck by the end of it like can barely <laughs> oh even talk God. and Macam is just like oh, okay hi we're still going it's 10 hours and i just or like I yeah. don't know the how saturday stream it. where i was like I, I was gonna stream and i was like you know i i know a lot of the people that would watch me are based in the uk and i was like well i'll just get up at like five in the morning and start streaming <laughs> And then I get up and I like I log on and I'm like Makama's already live and she's on the East Coast, like that's crazy. I remember that so vividly as well because uh, anyway, for for new viewers, I'm an early bird. I'm out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and my day mm -hmm. doesn't stop until you know six or seven o'clock at night. I have a lot of mental stamina and a very busy lifestyle. So I remember Justin one time, I tweeted out, oh, I'm streaming Saturday morning at 6 a.m. And Justin replies to the tweet in capital letters and goes, I don't need sleep. I am Makaba. I am the sun. And then the next morning, Justin messages me at, at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't message me. He, he went into my Twitch chat when I was live. He's like, what are you doing? I'm dying. I can't even get out of bed. How are you doing this? You went live an just, hour early that day. You were, you were you went live at five and you were supposed I to go live at early. six. So I was sitting on the couch having my coffee and being like, all right, let's just see who's on Twitch right now. And I'm like, how are you already streaming? <laughs> You're like, oh, I got up early. I just figured I'd do it. I like, what? Yeah, I was already up, so might as well hop on. <laughs> Incredible. All right, I want to move away from, from streaming for a second because um, I always find these questions. Like I – whenever we sit with a guest, I – I love video games, obviously. So I love to talk the history of video games, where you got started. So to start, what was the first game that you played that you fell in love with? What was your first console? Like questions like that. Right. Um, where it started with me, I, I did own the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, the games I played on it didn't really stick with me, however. The, 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 the console, the handheld console, I should say, that stuck with me, um, was definitely my Game Boy in Pokemon Red. Mm -hmm. to, to me, there was literally nothing like hooking up a link cable, trading exclusives from Pokemon Red to Blue, and it was just the coolest thing ever to complete your Pokedex and then start it all over again, over and over <laughs> and over again. Um, 
for the first game I for the first game I really loved, uh, it would probably be on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, so the SNES. Um, of course, I love the classics, you know, like like Street Fighter, Mega Man, Donkey Kong, Killer Instinct, and Super Mario World. But for some reason, I think that 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 passion for video games started with a game called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So Zombies Ate My Neighbors, I'll, I can give a small synopsis just for anyone who's not played it. Uh, I have not, but Justin's face just lit up. I love Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. It, basically, it's a two-player game, because you can only play two players on the Super Nintendo. Um, and your job as these protagonists is to go through different levels, and they obviously get progressively harder. And you need to try to rescue the neighborhood from zombies and other monsters like wolverines, giant ants, sea creatures, so on and so forth. It's just it's it's just a riot and it's hilarious. And you get different kinds of guns, you get different kinds of weapons you can use that are close range or long range. It's just a riot. Um, wow. And with Zombies Ate My Neighbors, a lot of that emotional attachment to it is... Um, my siblings and I would play it when we were kids at the house, right? And um, we would just lose track on where we were and barely scrape by each level. But Zombies Ate My Neighbors was also the year that cheat codes really became a thing. So that you could go on Google, dial up internet, make sure you didn't pick up the phone to ruin the internet connection, <laughs> and just find the cheat code to put yourself to like level 48 out of 50. And your inventory would be bare minimum and you would just get demolished by these OP NPCs. And we just got completely swept every time we tried to cheat. And it was, it was hilarious. It was a really, really, really good game. And I absolutely still love it today. I, I, I played that game with one of my buddies, um, the older brother of the wedding that I'm going to be in in, in a week oh, um, nice. is we used to play that game nonstop because it was a good co-op game. And, oh, man, I haven't thought about that game in a long time, so that made me really happy. Right, right. It's a, it's a diamond in the rough. That and Sunset Riders. I don't, I don't remember Sunset Riders. Sunset Riders, uh, I think Sunset Riders, at the time it was also available at the arcade, so you could play up to four players. It's, set, it's basically set in the Old West, and you're all a bunch of bounty hunters trying to take down outlaws. Um, so that was one of those games where you could go to the arcade, um, eat your penny candy, and every quarter you put in would gain you more time on the game. So that was, that's another shout out to Sunset Riders on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't had that either. Mm, they're worth a Just, shot. Justin's looking it up. I am. Yeah. Uh, I still have my Super Nintendo. Do you have any of the old consoles still, Makama? Uh, I do. Uh, for consoles, I have the original Nintendo Entertainment System. And wow, I, you still have the NES? Uh, yeah, the, the, well, the mini version, I'm sorry. I need to oh, clarify right. that. It's not like the original, original one. It's the, the re-release like... of the mini. Uh, <laughs> they would I really wanted to get my hands on that, actually. I kind of wish I had. That looks it, really cool. Isn't it terrible, thinking back, that you get rid of an old console? Yes. It's like yes. I've lost something. Just having no recollection of where it went either, like mm -hmm. no whether idea. Whether you lent it to a friend or whether you sold it, but yeah, yeah. not the a only clue. Old console I have left is my N sixty four, and that's not going anywhere. No, keep hold of that. That's a good console. Why do you hold on to the N sixty four so so desperately, or so dearly? Oh, I'm, it's, I'm it's asking I what the, the reason most is. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, we're all friends here. No fighting. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> 
um, the N64, I won't get rid of it just because like I just said to Peach, it's like I lost something knowing that I get rid of my other consoles. So when I finally got my hands back on an N64, it's like, I'm not letting you go, my child. Yeah, treasure it. You just can't get rid of it. What was the game on N64 that you really loved? There's a few, actually. Um, I think number one was Super Mario World, collecting the stars. Uh, Donkey Kong was great because it was just an orange cartridge. There's nothing cooler than that. Uh, and then, of course, the Zelda games were there and your Mario Kart and Diddy Kong Racing. So I, got, I still have a decent collection of stuff. Um, hopefully it stays that way unless my cat Ellie decides to be a terror and break something else besides a computer monitor. <laughs> oh, Ellie. <laughs> God love her. She's gorgeous, but she's a menace. So what kind of... Uh, obviously, you have a com- you have a community um, who, who are awesome, but... Um, are there any streamers that you're part of their community? Are there any streamers that you just really love to watch and spend your time watching? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my friends, honestly. I don't watch a lot of uh, verified or partnered streamers who have thousands of people in their chat unless it's a competitive game that I like to play. And I kind of mm-hmm. just want to see their play style and maybe pick up a few things just to kind of make me better. Um, but it's mostly just the people I tend to watch, it's mostly people I've met through the platform uh, and I've gained a strong rapport with over time. So I specifically look for streamers who I can interact with and that are just genuinely good people with great yeah. core values and of course a game I can relate to. Um, you can usually find me in Amy streams. So Amy, Amy, Amy with three Y's. She's just Amy, the Amy, cutest Amy. little. Amy, Amy, Amy. She's such a <laughs> sweetheart. It's, it's always the first place I go to. Um, she's just got such a great sense of humor. She's not afraid to laugh at herself. And she's also got a bit of a self-competitive edge to her uh, when it comes to her trophy hunts, which is great to see. Um, she's just become such a wonderful friend. Is one of the sweetest souls you will ever meet. For the longest time, her and I, over the last um, year and a half, almost two years at this point, we were the only viewer on each other's streams. So Amy and mm-hmm. I, we've kind of we've kind of grown together. And she's just she's just the cutest little bean that you'll ever meet. What a sweetheart. That's so lovely. Yeah, she's wonderful. Another place I go to is, of course, in, in Peach's streams. Um, oh. When Peach's streams ends, I like to describe it as like a breath of fresh air that you may or may not have needed that day to enhance your day. You always end up feeling lighter on your feet because um, Peach, you're just a wonderful streamer. And I always, always pretty much show up in your chats. Um, Thank you, Makama. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the friends that we've made in there. And of course, and I've told you before, I, I call it like I see it, right? So <laughs> yeah. little, 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 little tidbit, little side note, when, when, when Peach and I first started, started chatting, and I can't remember what the conversation was about, and um, I was telling Peach that something was great, and she's like, oh, thank you. And I answered back, well, if it was shit, I would say that too. And she was like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> And you've never let me down since then. <laughs> I've never let you down, honey. What you see is what you get. Just pure blunt honesty. God bless. Um, but yeah, to, sorry to get, to get back to that. Um, I just always find myself in Peach's dreams. I just think that it, with the quack sound alert, every time it makes you jump, it just, it's hysterical. Um, everybody is so interactive and you just have one of the, one of the sweetest communities you'll ever meet. It's hilarious. And it's sometimes chaotic, but I'm there for it. I, I cry laugh at least once per stream. So it's Thank great. Thank you. That's so lovely. <laughs> so it's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Other than that, there, there's too many streamers to name. I dabble around a lot. Um, it all depends where I'm at in my day and who happens to be on. 
Um, a few other streamers that are definitely worth mentioning would definitely be Tanuki Bomb, Kiki, we love Kiki, mm -hmm. uh, Polark, PS5, he's just such a sweetheart, Luminous Sky, fellow Canadian, I've been spending a lot of time in her streams lately, Asbel Gandalf, he's a wonderful, wonderful Warzone streamer, so uh, th there's just so many that you can name, but and they're all quality streamers, um, but it's just kind of wherever I happen to be in my day, and if I have a minute and I take out my phone, I'll see who's live, and if it's people that, that I, I consider my friends, I'll hop right in. We love that. That's so lovely. So you play a lot of open world games. Right. And I got to finally see the competitive side of you today in Fortnite, where you're basically calling out damage. And I was like, that's a side of Makama I never thought I would see. Um, <laughs> but what's what's a, a genre that you, you'd like to get into that you haven't or that you've tried to and just for some reason it doesn't stick? Ah. <sighs> For some reason, I just can't seem to get into first-person shooters, and it, it just sways away from me. And I don't know why, but I want to get into it, because I'm missing out on key games like Cyberpunk, Call of Duty, Overwatch, Apex, uh, Doom. Apparently the Doom re-release was amazing. I just don't enjoy the field of vision that first-person shooter has to offer. I like being third-person point of view. You can scan your environment, kind of see what's going on around you. Um, and it feels a lot less tunnel vision. And I just enjoy seeing my character in their environment, to be honest. But for, for some reason, there are many award-winning titles out there I just can't seem to compel myself to spend the money on video on the on a first person shooter video game. One, because they're so expensive. Games are really expensive. And if I'm going to invest my money, I have to make sure it's something I'm going to really enjoy. So I just mm -hmm. can't seem to I just can't seem to shift my mind on it. I'll watch anybody play it. But for me, I'm so glad it's not just me. I'm exactly the same. Apex Legends is free to play. <laughs> there's so like obviously there's there's so many people playing apex at the moment and um a lot of kind of of, of our friends are playing it as well and every time i watch them i'm like i'm really tempted to just give it a go but i'm the same i just i hate first person shooters it is literally just the the field of vision thing i just can't get my head around it Right, and to interact with stuff, I feel like you have to get so close and you don't see the actual interaction of your character as much. Like when you're, you're playing, I don't know, let, let, I'll give an example. We know that Peach is going to be playing The Last of Us very soon, and there's a very mm -hmm. quality character named Joel. But you're going to want to see Joel in action and when he takes out uh, his shotgun or he switches to a bow and arrow, or you want to see Joel interact with his melee. Like it's, you want to see that character in action because that's what brings you the tie to the story, to the characters. If I can't see my character, I have a hard time falling in love with them. <laughs> fair enough, That's fair enough. Point. I mean, that, it's, it's, it's like a blind date. I need to see what, what kind of date I'm on. <laughs> Is there any other genres that, I mean, first-person shooters you've never been in, never able to get into, but any other ones where you maybe haven't tried it that much that you want to try? I Honestly, I'm pretty much open to trying anything else and... As you guys know, my little my little brain did all kinds of research on every single genre to double check and see if there, there was ones that I didn't really want to I want to play or not. And it it, it honestly sticks to, to first person shooters. I just can't seem to get into it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah survival games maybe. I'm not a big fan of survival games because when you die, you have to start all over again. Um, and I just don't see the point of it. If I'm going to build something, I want it to stay there and not kind of fall into shambles after an hour of play. Yes, survival um, games are rough. I've never really been a huge fan of those games either. 
Right. So I don't think I, I see myself dabbling in it. But again, what, as soon as I cut out a genre, I know I'm missing out on some key games, right? Like uh, Don't Starve Together is a popular one that's come out for survival lately. Um, and I've watched it before, but I, again, as I'm watching it, I keep looking at it and saying, but eventually they're going to die. Then they have to start all over again. Yeah. And then what do they have to show for it? Nothing. Oh, no, that can't happen. I mean, a, a lot of what you're saying rings true to me as well, because like there were tons of games where it's like, oh, you just hear this game is so good. Like for me, Persona, I'm not a JRPG fan, but I kept hearing about how great Persona was, how great it was. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I eventually have to try this because it's the is at the top of the list for that genre. So if it's at the top of the list for something that I'm not really into, I will at least give it a whirl and see like, will this change my opinion at all? And for Persona, it did, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go play every other JRPG that, that gets released. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Makes sense. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> it's not, not just you. I mean, there are, there are plenty of people that don't like first person shooters. Why do people give me such a hard time for it then? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's probably the, it's, it's, I would say probably the most popular genre. Yeah, I'd say for sure. Yeah. Especially on Twitch as well, I think. Mako, what's been one of your favorite streams that you've done? One of my favorite streams? Yeah, like, do, oh you, do you have a stream that's like stood out to you where you, you ended the stream that night and said, that's something I won't ever forget? Um, yes, there's one that comes to mind without without me even hesitating. Um, I was playing Marvel Spider-Man, thanks to Justin. Justin said, you need to play Marvel Spider-Man, since I just finished Miles Morales. Um, I kind of did it backwards. So it's, it's a random Wednesday night. And I'm about to hop on to stream Marvel Spider-Man. I just ate like a chicken cob salad for dinner. We're very chill. We got a calm mindset. We're like halfway through the game. N nothing too special, except we're going to hop on have a stream, have a laugh, say hello to a few friends, see everybody's week's going and take it from there, right? Like no big deal. Within eight minutes, I think it was, maybe seven or so we'll say seven to nine minutes just for, for, for precision reasons. <laughs> it just exploded. So right off the bat, I had a viewer, um, he's lovely. Um, he just dropped five gifted subs for no reason and said, okay, I gotta go see you later. But it started with five gifted subs and it didn't stop for an hour and a half. It was insane. There were subs, there were donations, there was bits, there was an insane amount of raids, sound alert redemptions were going crazy. There was <laughs> relentless comments in the chat about, about how much everybody just appreciates me as a streamer and appreciates being in my Twitch space. And I was thinking to myself, this is not Spider-Man. Why is everyone saying like how thankful they are for me? It's so strange of me to hear that because I'm just... I'm just a you know East Coast Canadian who, who runs downstairs to her stream room and everyone was just showering the love that night. I don't know why, but for some reason, the whole community just banded together that day. I'm typically not an emotional person. Like I think very rationally, I'm extremely level-headed, but I couldn't wrap my head around what was happening that day. I mean, how to put that? As a streamer, you're in a position of leadership and you want to give something to the community. You don't want to take. And it makes me happy to, to, to give to other people, but to be on the receiving end of that, I mean, I couldn't help it. I, I, I cracked down and I cried that day. It was just so overwhelming. It ended up becoming my, my, my Twitch page trailer. Like I say, it was just, it was a day like any other. I was streaming on a Wednesday and I hopped on and I just never saw it coming. And I've 100% participated in, in moments like that towards another streamer. But, but again, to be on the receiving end of it, it's just, I, I don't even know 
quite how to describe it. It's you're reading these words and, and you say to yourself, these people are saying this because they genuinely mean it. Like they do care about you and they think that you're you're wonderful and, and they adore that you bring something good to the table or you bring a little bit of good to the world or they had a bad day and you made their day better. It's so impactful for what we see as something as simple as popping on to play a game, right? It, it can mean so much to people. And to actually have that reiterated back towards me, I don't think at that point I realized how much of an impact you can have as a Twitch streamer towards people. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think people have said that um, in previous podcasts where um, one of the best things that people can give you is just their time. So the fact that people are there to watch you and support you and even to kind of give you some of their hard-earned cash just to support you um can sometimes be a little bit hard to deal with kind of just like you're here for me really right. like it's it can be a little bit it can especially when it can all be like all that love can be thrown at you in one go it can be quite overwhelming <laughs> yes 100 percent. And, and you've experienced this before as well peach and justin you've experienced this before um when you made your comeback to super mario odyssey like the lobby was just hot that day and you think to yourself like <laughs> this this is not the mindset that i had in so it's almost like it it completely shifts the mindset that you're in and throws you off in the most wholesome way but you're absolutely right peach all all we ever could ever ask for from our viewers or our community is you just spent four hours with me thank you someone spent four hours of their saturday with me playing the video game how cool is that but when they take it to the next step and demonstrate that that appreciation towards you it, it, it kind of is eye-opening that as a streamer you are truly in in a position of leadership right you're the person on camera mm -hmm. people stick around in your streams because they're very interested in what you have to say so you have to make sure as a streamer you decide what type of community leader you want to be and stick to it because these people are buying into it just like you're buying into it because that's that's the look you want to create and the vibe you want to create for your channel right so if, if now knowing the impacts you can have on people, um, it's always about being aware now, yes, we're here for the game, but be sure that if you want to spread, you know, laughter and kindness and, and a safe place for your chat, being live is the time to do it. And, and you're 100% going to make mistakes, right? You're going to say something out of context without meaning to, or you're going to hurt someone's feelings. And that's just the way that one goes. It's a busy space with a lot of people that can be at a time, but truly as, as a streamer, it's, having a moment like that that marvel spider-man twitch stream where people just kind of sh there's no other way to put it they showered me with love um yeah you really have to make sure that you as the streamer to reciprocate that back towards your viewers that you maintain you continue to stick to your core values and always stay focused on the vibe you want on your channel so continue to lead by example it's and, and that's it goes a little bit back to what we were talking about earlier streaming starts as gaming and then it grows into something so much bigger and it's almost like you have a hard time wrapping your head around it about this 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 emotional meaning that it ends up having for you right it's it's so it's yeah. it's it's outstanding it's such a it's so unique for sure it really is so lovely to see as well mm -hmm. okay so magma yes uh the reason why you are here you have to picture this now. <laughs> you're stranded on a deserted island. We don't know why, we don't know how, but you're there. And there's a big tree it's called the game tree and it will give you five games, only five from any year, any console. 
but only those games. Which ones would you pick? This was very difficult. And I know that I've been saying I've been listening to every single podcast. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I would definitely bring, you know, XYZ with me or ABC. When I actually had to sit down and figure this out, it, it was very challenging. Like we're talking about generations of consoles, first of all, before we actually name the mm -hmm. games. Let's talk about it. We have the we have, you know, the original Nintendo Entertainment System. We have Game Boys. We have Super Nintendo. We have PlayStations from one to five. The Nintendo Wii, mm -hmm. GameCubes, and 64s, Nintendo Switch. Like it's just <laughs> an insane amount of games that have happened over the years. So I actually started to do like my, my research and my homework of what I would really bring. You have to take mm -hmm. into consideration the thousands of games that have been released over the last 25 plus years. And then on top of that, what am I looking for in a lifetime game? Because once you pick your five, it's done. So what that's do you it. really want? That's it. And that's a scary, sad thing to say. <laughs> you can only ever play five games. Um, <laughs> so perhaps I could go from fifth to first and count down from there to number one. Does that work? Yeah, sure. Go sure. from because um, I really struggled with number five and I know some people who are going to be listening or who are listening right now, they know pretty much what my top two are if they've been around me long enough, right? Um, my number five, mm -hmm. I really struggled. So I'm just going to sneak in a special shout out to a game that didn't make the cut, but it deserves an honorary mention, which is The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I 100% completed it. I thought it was great. The balance between uh, playing it as both Link and playing as the wolf, obviously, because wolf is quite literally my spirit animal. Um, and you have to save Hyrule from the Twilight Realm. You have some really cool characters that came in there. Unfortunately, I had to leave it behind. And I'm very sad I had to leave it behind. But I think it deserved an honorary mention. That's fine. We'll give it a special <laughs> shout out. It's all good. Okay. It is a good game. So that being said... <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla sealed the deal for my number five game. I've just become so obsessed with it lately. And as much as I complain and I feel like I'm torturing myself to get that platinum grind, I love every minute of that game. To be honest, you 100% get your money's worth. Um, how would I put that? Over the course of the years, I've, I've always been an Assassin's Creed fan since the beginning of the franchise, right? Um, I played the very first game over the course of the years. Some have been hit and miss, uh, but Valhalla made the, cut, made the cut because there's just so much content to it. It's, it's endless. When I play a game with a lot of cutscenes, I always go back and watch them on YouTube to make sure I haven't missed anything important to the story um, and that I'm up to date. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has 23 hours worth of cutscenes. Oh my goodness. It is an insane amount of dialogue. Um, so and have you rewatched them all? I'm almost done rewatching it. I've got about six hours oh left worth God. of cutscenes. Oh wow. my goodness gracious. It's interrupting my Game of Thrones marathoning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of cutscenes. That is way too many cutscenes. It's it's wow. it's 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 insane. So to so to summarize the game. In Valhalla, you're a Norse named Eivor, and you travel from Norway to England's riches, England's rich lands, and the goal is to establish a settlement and create alliances, right? Um, so you have a clan called the Raven Clan. Your choices in the game will affect the overall outcome, how many alliances you're able to make. Um, you raid villages and pillage resources, and you even get to decide who to romance in the game. So that's kind of the, the, the foundation of it. 
but let's dissect a little bit of the act like the extra content that Valhalla has to offer. And this is why I picked it to go on the game tree, because we're talking, I can get thousands of hours of this game if I wanted to. Oh, yeah. There's three story arcs to it. There's the main story where you play as Eivor trying to alliance the entire map. Uh, there's actually an Asgard and Jotunheim section, which falls into the Norse mythology side of things, where you play as the old gods. And there's a third story arc that actually has to do with more of the lore of Assassin's Creed, and that's the Order of the Ancients tied around pieces of Eden. So we're talking basically three story arcs condensed into one game. Take that and then add in map clearing, customer characterization, um, settlement upgrades, longship customizations, trophy hunting. You, you, you compile that, all that together and you're in this game for the long haul. That's, there's no other way to put it. It's, I could go on and on about it, to be honest, because there's just so much to talk about in it. Um, but it has great combat, crunchy finishers in its fights. Um, it's a massive open world that you're free to explore every every corner. You have legendary animals, skill trees, special abilities, etc., etc., etc. I would never get bored of playing it because if I brought it with me to an island, I could make a bunch of different decisions through my main playthrough with a million different outcomes that could potentially happen with it. So I just think that it's 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 endless content, to be honest, and it's Assassin's Creed. So I had to I had to throw it in for number five. It's too big. <laughs> I, I love I I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that game was enormous, right? Mm -hmm. Just such a uh, overwhelmingly large game mm -hmm. with just an endless amount of things to do and, and to explore. I spent like 110 hours in that game and I never even saw all the islands mm -hmm. and it is small compared to Valhalla. Mm -hmm. It's Valhalla is a crazy game. I have to get back to it. It's, it's crazy. Um, it's massive. We're talking hundreds of hours out of it. Like I say, you 100% get your money's worth and, and video gaming is becoming expensive. Um, but imagine with the DLCs now, how much extra content we're going to get. Like, it's, it just never ends. And you love to trophy hunt as well, don't you, Michael? I've only really started trophy hunting in the last year. Um, really? I never really was a trophy hunter until I got my first platinum in The Last of Us 2. Um, Amy, 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 who we talked about earlier, and Yumikos. Um, they're two lovely people who uh, are always, always, always around when I'm, when I'm live streaming. They really gave me the itch to trophy hunt. And ever since I got that platinum in The Last of Us 2, I can't stop. It's dangerous. It's so satisfying hearing that little ding in the corner and seeing that platinum trophy on your profile. I just don't, I can't explain it. It's just a great dopamine rush. It's a big achievement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so typically I'm not really a trophy hunter, unless it's a game that, that I'm obsessed with. Um, but I think with Valhalla at this point, it's just me being stubborn. I just want to get the platinum on one of the biggest games that was released in 2020. So it's really about just me being stubborn and saying, hey, look at this cool thing that I got once I get the platinum. It's, I think it's more of a flex or a brag that I'm looking for at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a big flex for sure. I, I used to trophy hunt like crazy. And I have like, um, I think like 40 platinums. So okay. I, was, I was going hard after them for a, for a while. And now it's just like Valhalla is so big. Like I couldn't even do Odyssey, and I loved Odyssey. I mm -hmm. couldn't do the Platinum in Odyssey just because it was like I have to go find all these underwater locations. And like I love map clear. It's a way to relax. It's like Friday night, no one's on. The kids are asleep. My wife is asleep. I'm going to sit here for four and a half hours, speak to nobody, and just very slowly tick off pieces of this map. 
Yep. When the map is the size of the state of New York, it gets <laughs> difficult to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's such a big map. I think I'm not even sure how many viewpoints there are in it. And it's almost disheartening when you get an actual viewpoint to unfog part of the map because the map is, you know, let's say let's take your computer monitor size. Let's pretend that's the Assassin's Creed Valhalla map. You get a viewpoint and it's maybe like one thirtieth of the size of your computer monitor that unfogs. So it's you just it's it's insane. There's so much oh to God. it, and every viewpoint you get, they give you a million things you can do, all the way down to a tabletop game called Orlog that you can fall down that wormhole for hours on end. And those games aren't short. No. No, <laughs> no. they're not short. They're not short, and it's... God bless you, Makama. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, what is number four? Number four. This one might take people by surprise. I brought an oldie to the table. Roller Coaster Tycoon amazing right i I loved that game i'm surprised it, i'm surprised i'm happy with it though. <laughs> yes because it's a simulation game and we got yes. the we have the queen of simulation here today <laughs> <laughs> when i was checking when i was doing my research like a like like the uh, like the good student that i am um and i saw roller coaster tycoon i'm like i dabble in this at least once a year and it's never ending. And I love my in-game currencies. And I love the idea of a business model and creating a product. It's just, how would I put that? Roller Coaster Tycoon, it's a simulation game. It's about building and managing an amusement park, right? And it allows you to construct mm -hmm. and customize your own roller coasters, other thrill rides. Um, you can get like vendor stands where you can sell stuff. It's, it, I think it's always been my top simulation game since its, since its release, and I always dabble in it a few times a year. I just never seem to get bored of it. So when we're talking about a game I would bring to a deserted island that would be a lifetime game, or Roller Coaster Tycoon has been with me, how long has it been out now? 15 plus years, maybe? It must be. Let me have a little look at when it came out, because I, I was, I mean, I am older, I was definitely... A young end. Let me have a little look. Right. So however long it was released, if it's been with me for X amount of years, it's not going anywhere at this point, right? It's, 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 it's gone beyond um, me getting over the novelty of it because it's still there for, it's been forever. Like it's just- 1999. Oh my goodness gracious. How did that happen? Yeah. Did the year 2000 to 2010 actually exist? I thought we skipped that. <laughs> 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 it feels like it oh it my feels God. like it i said 15 years oh goodness me <laughs> back in my day <laughs> well then let that just be a testament to how much of an impact that game has had on me it's yeah it's just one of those things and peach is gonna understand this because she's the simulation queen i just love in roller coaster tycoon being able to organize stuff um, really have a cool aesthetic to it, making sure that you have hired staff, like, you know, janitors, entertainers, security guards, inspectors. You're literally the boss of an amusement park, and I just love it. Whether it's maintaining certain rides, helping lost visitors find their way to the exit, or just making sure there's enough toilets for the customers to use, right? It's, there, there's, there's so much you can do. And, and simulation games, this particular one, it's about making money to spend money right so it just becomes such a busy space where you need to balance profit upgrades uh when you get money you need to buy more land for more rides to get more vendors put down customer satisfaction is actually a huge part of the game to make sure you continue to have new guests come in 
and you can just create a really cool aesthetic to your park and even really pretty little garden centers. And there's just something about it that gets the dopamine levels going. I mean, you make you make knowing, me want to play it again. Yeah, also that, but <laughs> knowing what we know about you, Makama, like, yes, this 100% would probably tick all those little like pleasure boxes in your brain. Right. Yeah. Right. It's 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 almost like it's that business mindset, right? Because I do have a history in entrepreneur, but it's just sort of something about hosting this, this business model and customer satisfaction and staff and having really cool layouts. It's there's nothing like putting a ride in a certain square and having them line up on that grid and making it look super pretty and then changing the colors of your rides to match so slow, so blissfully. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's great. So it's a major blast from the past for me. I know. And I don't think anybody saw it coming, but it, it, ha no. it had to stay and it made it as number four as well. It beat out Valhalla. I'm happy with that. Pretty crazy. <laughs> so number three. No, number three. This is a running theme on this on this channel. Legend of Zelda: Breath of Breath the Wild. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. We should ban that game. We should just ban that game at a certain point. <laughs> just add it. Just add it to the list. Just add it to the list. Like, okay, Breath of the Wild. No. We're just gonna write your name on the wall. I don't think that there's been a guest yet that hasn't mentioned it. Am I correct in saying that, or am I false? Sky didn't there's, mention it, did she? Yeah, there's, there's, I'd say there's at least three people now that have had it on their list. It just keeps of, coming back. What six? So it's yeah, there's quite there's quite a few, but it's it's just such a good game, and it's kind of similar to what you were saying with Valhalla about the kind of you've got the open world. There's just so much that you can do. And it's just such a beautiful game at the same time. So why wouldn't you pick it? I I think to myself, why didn't I put Breath of the Wild on my list? I don't know list? why you didn't put Breath of the Wild on there. I honestly don't. But tell us, tell us what you love about it. It's 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 just like you said it, and I'm surprised it didn't make your list either. But you want to just dance, so that's okay. <laughs> we have to keep right, the I dance. Forgot about, I forgot about just dance. Called me out. We have to have the dance party that keeps going, right? Um, but you're 100 correct, Peach. It's just a stunning game. The soundtrack is stunning. The characters are stunning. The physics to your horse is stunning. Like everything about it, yep. it's just a gorgeous game. I truly think it's a once in a lifetime game in my opinion. They did such a good job. And four years later, people are still raving about how good it is. It's, to give some context, Breath of the Wild, it, it's set at the end of a Zelda timeline, right? You control Link who awakens from a 100 year slumber and in, in, in typical Zelda fashion, he has to save the kingdom of Hyrule. But what's so great about the, about Breath of the Wild is the way they roll out the main story and, and the bigger bosses that you have to fight and the lower combats that you have to, the lower combat, the lower leveled enemies that you have to fight. There's, there's, it's so eclectic. There's so many dimensions to it. Because um, you, as the main story, you have to regain control of what are called divine beasts, which are basically big machines that used to be run by Zelda and her four champions, but they're now corrupted and you need to uncorrupt them. So you go through a series of puzzles and then you go against an OP boss that you have to fight. But each boss or enemy you have, you have to fight against, you have to come up with a different strategy almost every single time. So if you're facing yeah. an enemy that can fly and uses wind to their advantage, how are you supposed to beat that? And there's another enemy that they're just big and they're clunky and their defense is huge. Well, you have to come up with ways and how are you going to beat that? Other enemies, they have super speed. So you have to have quick reflexes, which is not always the case with me. It's, the, <laughs> it's, it's how would I put that? The combat, you can face any enemy at any time and you have to be ready to know how to fight 
all of them. So there's, uh, you know, there's the whiz ropes where they float around uh, in the air and they're kind of hopping around. Well, you know at one point that you need to knock it down, use stasis to stun it and freeze it on the ground to get some free hits and to kill it right away. Or Lionel's, give it a headshot, stun it, run over to it and hop on the horse's back and start smacking at it with your sword, right? <laughs> like it's... The, the combat hey, is... I'm going to start writing this down. These right, are tips of Makama. Right. Tips and tricks on how to beat Breath of the Wild enemies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so good. I, I have the guidebook for it as well. And there's... Do you? It's gorgeous. The really pretty one? The really pretty one. Oh my God, keep hold of that because that's really hard to get hold of these days. They're very hard to get a hold of. And I found one left in stock on Amazon and I've never seen it since. <gasps> Um, jealous but it holds everything including the massive map that is hyrule itself um and the the 900 plus koroks that are available on it all the shrines are available on it Uh, so again this came back to my question of what am i looking for in a lifetime game you get that with this open world rpg throw in master yeah and then you throw in master mode you throw in the dlcs and it's going to last you a lifetime there's, there's, you're never going to run out of anything when it comes to Breath of the Wild. And when you do run out of everything, you can just play it again. Or you can try yeah, it. Yeah, right? Because it takes so long to play it all that by the time you start it from the beginning again, you've forgotten everything. <laughs> exactly. And it's some of those, Some of those shrines, those puzzles, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. They're very Because I've, I've, been, I've been replaying them, and I think it was... It wasn't long after it came out that I, that I played it initially... Um, and I've restarted it again probably about six months ago now, and um, I I can barely remember any of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, there we go. Proves it. <laughs> they're fun puzzles, and the game is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah, You're not meant to rush through it. You're meant to take your time, get the shrines, gain some spirit orbs, get some heart containers, eventually find the Master Sword. But before you actually go to a Divine Beast or Ganon, the, the options are limitless to what you can do. So it's meant to be enjoyed. So if I'm going to be stuck on a deserted island, I'm going to bring one of the best games that I can enjoy with me. And Justin will have it with him as well. <laughs> I'm, listen to that. I'm just going to hang out in the Lost Woods and listen to that music forever. We're going in for number two. Is that number three? That was number three, right? That was number three, and I'm ready for number two. That's number two. Go for it. This one is one of my favorite games of all time, and that's Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I love everything about it. I'm an Assassin's Creed fan. Um... Like I say, I played er- two Assassin's Creed games in this list. I know. I respect it. I know. I'm such a huge fan of it. But Black Flag to me, Black Flag, it's it's set um, in the 18th century when there was pirateering, right? Um, it was the golden age of piracy. It's kind of around, it stands around the Caribbean Sea and you play as a character named Edward Kenway. It's the pirateering in it that had me hooked. It's so good. You're literally a plunderer of the ocean, and the ocean exploration is endless. I've just realized that I've picked a game that has an ocean when I'm going to be stuck on an island surrounded by an ocean, but let's bring more ocean to the table. <laughs> don't worry, Jacob picked Sea of Thieves last month, so don't worry. This is about true. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just bringing all we're just bringing all the water in at this point. Um, but it, it's just so good. You have a ship called the Jackdaw and it's Edward Kenway's ship. You can do so many upgrades to that ship, like your broadside cannons, chain shots, fire barrels, so on and so forth. And the ocean combat is actually so much fun. When I played in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, I didn't really do anything on on any naval combats because I thought they weren't very exciting at all. With the pirateering, 
there's nothing cooler than dropping a few fire barrels on a bounty ship that's hunting you, lighting it on fire, and then taking over the ship and pillaging all the resources that are in it. it it's so, 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 so good. I played it, I think I map cleared it at least at least three times. I won't get the platinum for it ever because the online multiplayer, there's like six trophies required for it. So I'll only ever no. get 98% of it, but it's just so good. There's, how do I put that? In, in Assassin's Creed, they're very good at creating a very busy inventory when it comes to your weapons and your special abilities. Um, so like you have the ability to disguise yourself. You can use firecrackers as distractions to lure enemies away to a place where you need to get. You of course have like your hidden blade for stealthy, uh, stealthy assassinations. You have berserker darts or rope darts that you can throw at people. So there's so many layers to it that I just couldn't seem to get enough with. Um, enough of over time. I just think that it's great. And I do have two Assassin's Creed games on this. It just is a testament to the franchise, right? That's the one that I think that they should remaster. Because mm. it seems like Black Flag was the one that everybody really liked. It was right before they did the switch to like the modern Assassin's Creed games. But Black Flag did enough where they stole a lot of ideas from those games. Like having the naval combat. Um, you know, um, visiting multiple islands in one playthrough. I played about 10 hours of Black Flag and I like enjoyed the earlier Assassin's Creed games, but like the formula had grown pretty stale for me at that point, but it's liked enough that I would like to go back and visit it, but I'd like to go back and visit a shinier version of it. Mm -hmm. So that way maybe, you know, if they ever do re-release that thing, you could get the platinum trophy and because people have learned take out multiplayer trophies pretty much yeah it would be really nice if they did polish it and create a remake of it i think that the sales would be there you'd see a lot of interest in it i obviously of course would be a consumer who would jump in on that and you're 100 percent correct in saying that it was kind of one of those one of the last assassin's creed games we saw with the old formula so to say after that we saw a complete transition towards something else after that one um i just think it's fantastic though and obviously on top of that um all the great things about it you are, can also do whale hunting in it and i think it's the coolest thing ever you can take down like great white sharks killer whales humpback whales etc and all the goods you you pillage you can craft stuff and upgrade your abilities and upgrade your weapons and upgrade your armor it's great who wouldn't want to go whale hunting <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so number one mm-hmm. Kind of want to do like a drum roll or something, boss. I wonder what this is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not going to come to a surprise to a lot of people. It is the Last of Us Part Two. I refuse to let it go. It is. <laughs> I I just refuse to let it go for many many reasons. Some noble, some not so noble. It's just a fantastic game in my opinion. I will. I promise. I'm going to do my absolute best to avoid spoilers in this one, because um, obviously yeah. there's a lot. there's there's a lot of it's hard to discuss the game that revolves so much around the story of it right Mm -hmm. um because the last of us 2 it's it's an action adventure game that was developed by naughty dog and it made waves across the market when it first came out um it's set five years after the last of us part one which was uh, released in 2013 i believe um the game essentially focuses on two playable characters in a post-apocalyptic united states so in this world, there's different human factions and there's people who are the infected, who, who are now different leveled enemies in your environment, right? Like everybody's heard of, you know, runners and clickers and bloaters and so on and so forth. Um, that being said, The Last of Us Part Two was my first ever platinum. 
I was never a trophy hunter, just like we discussed, until I platted this game, completed it on grounded mode, which is essentially you playing the game with bare minimum inventory um, and hardest difficult enemies. And then I finished it on permadeath, which is a setting that if you die once, you completely restart. Um, I honestly don't know how you do stuff like that. It takes... <laughs> That's insane. That blows my mind. That's insane. It takes so much patience. There was one part in the game where, and I was streaming it when I was playing Grounded, which was the most difficult setting, right? I was stuck on a block, like on the street. I couldn't get past this one block for three and a half hours. It was devastating to my mental stamina. It's such a difficult uh, difficult setting to play on. Um, and I had to do it because there was a collectible I had to get to get my platinum, right? To get the trophy hunting for it. But it's it's just so great. I love, I love the, the story of the game. I love the weapon system. I love their upgrades. I love the special skills you can get. I love the crafting. Ellie's pump shotgun is still my favorite gun so far in video games. The feel of it is so powerful especially when you, when you land that headshot on a clicker it's just so badass to see this young woman <laughs> take out this op enemy i just love it so much um what what really makes it my number one game and why i would bring it with me is of course the gameplay um and of course the weapons the mechanics and all of that but it's the story that comes out of it you can learn something from that story every single time you play it because the story is really about, and again, I promise I'm going to be very vague, so there's not many spoilers that will be coming. Because I really, really worked hard on, on, on polishing Don't spoil this. it for me. I'll be playing it soon. I Don't know, spoil it for me. <laughs> and I can't ruin it for you, and I promise that I won't. So a very small <laughs> synopsis. The Last of Us 2 story, it's about two women in Seattle named Ellie and Abby. We all know who they are, right? At one point, their lives intertwine in this world. And essentially, Ellie and Abby are opposite sides of the same coin. Both are on a quest for revenge for reasons that I can't disclose because of spoilers, but in their minds, they're on a journey for justice and justified hate. We see these characters go through similar situations, but as the player, we find ourselves judging them differently. So Abby is seeking revenge for her own reasons, as is Ellie, but whose revenge is more justified between these two women? So allow me to put my fellow podcasters in this situation because I wouldn't be a very good guest if I didn't have a question for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Go for it. So, so let's go for it. So This is against the law, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm a rule breaker. As soon as you say no, I come back twice as hard. <laughs> so allow me to put you in a situation, okay? Justin is in a video game. We find out someone Justin loved has been killed and he seeks revenge by hunting the person down. Seems fair, right? Mm. Next step. Peach is also in this video game. Peach is on a, how would I put this? Where did I, where did I put this? Someone Peach loves has also been killed, but we know it's Justin who did it. And now Peach is on a quest for revenge to hunt Justin down. So whose revenge between Justin and Peach is justified? Justin who was chasing some unknown murderer or Peach who is hunting Justin who we know and love and maybe had his reasons for doing so. <laughs> Silence. It's the I think an easy way to describe this game is um when do you stop the circle of violence? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at what point do you get off that ride? It's uh, there's this great poster, like a fan-made poster of this game that I think about a lot that I wish I I, I had bought when I saw it cuz now I don't remember where I where it was that I actually saw it. 
Um, I mean, it's a tremendous video game. And obviously, my quest is ju- is right, is righteous. So <laughs> it would be me who have the righteous quest of revenge going on. I'm still coming to get you, Justin. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that's essentially the ethical dilemma that Naughty Dog puts you through. Um, that's why it's my number one game, and it will stay with me because you can learn from the story. It's it's not a story of good versus bad. It's a story of hate and what hate can lead to if you don't stop yourself. Learn to stop and you can begin to heal. So understanding that last sentence, that's what The Last of Us 2 put me through and a lot of other people through. And to be honest, you complete the introduction of this game having firm opinions on each character and Naughty Jog, Naughty, Naughty Jog, and Naughty Dog just tears them down and rebuilds them back up backwards that you feel extremely conflicted on feeling sympathy or empathy towards someone who you think that you're supposed to hate. To be real, the cast deserves so much recognition for what they've helped create in this game. Like Ashley Johnson, who plays as Ellie, Shannon Woodward, who plays as Dina, shout out to Dina, Troy Baker, who plays as Joel, so on and so forth. Like it's it's what they did in their acting in this game. They created a, a movie that you essentially play in and are forced to do things you don't want to do. So it's a very long-winded explanation, and I could go on for hours of why that's my number one game, but I think we get the gist. <laughs> we get. I mean, you named your cat after Ellie, I so I think that just goes to show how much of a fan you are. I did, and she is 100% an Ellie because she's small and mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> we love Ellie. <laughs> but it does say a lot about how much, how I have such a tie to this game, right? And and Justin has played it as well. He knows this emotional roller coaster you end up going through. It just shreds you into a million pieces. And it took me two weeks to finally process the ending of that game. It's a very heavy game to bring to a deserted island. Mm-hmm. It's I, <laughs> I salute you, my friends. <laughs> it's the learning lessons that come with it. It's very true. Mm-hmm. I I do look so I um I'm I say being forced. I'm not being forced to play <laughs> The Last of Us and The Last of Us Two, uh, but I have like a channel point redemption for people to choose what game I play next. And The Last of Us and The Last of Us Two have been lined up for me, so I'm looking forward to playing it. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> because I know that it is so intense and I will probably cry but you know it's just just part of the fun isn't it it's it's part of the fun and it's fun for for us as viewers as well to see someone go through this game for the first time it's it's a new journey every single time to watch someone experience it and see how they react to it I can't wait for you to play it because of course there's little moments where it's a horror game. Things go boo in the night and you're going to have a few a few jump scares and those are hilarious and we'll have the clips ready for you because um, <laughs> we wouldn't be great viewers if we weren't <laughs> if we weren't clipping the jump scares. But when you finally are introduced to these characters and you start um, feeling this affection towards them and gaining a rapport with them, I think you're in for a treat. I look forward to it. I do really look forward to it. Mm-hmm. So that's all five. That's all five. It is. They were how very. How do you feel? Are you happy with your choice? Very happy with my choice. I thought long and hard about it, many, many hours over many, many days, <laughs> and looking at the final product, it just makes sense. <laughs> do you Do you want to tell everyone how many pages of notes you had <laughs> preparing I, for this I podcast? Would, I can. <laughs> I just need to give. I just need to give some context. Okay, I have to give some context. Go for it. Everybody needs to understand 
Peach and Justin work very hard on this podcast. They're very proud of it. They're doing a great thing. They have a great product that they've created. So I, as a guest, I always give 110%. I want to do justice by that product. So I made sure that I knew the question, some of the questions in advance. Peach helped me fully prepare. I may or may not have messaged Peach almost every single day. And then when I thought she was sick of me, I messaged Justin. So I made myself a nice little template that was 12 pages long. And we condensed it down a little bit. And I knew I wasn't going to go through all of it. I was just overly prepared. And I'm looking at I a 12 page it. document. <laughs> Before, before we started recording, we were like, okay, Mac, how many pages? We were thinking like like four, four five, mm -hmm. no, 12, 12. That's it. That's it. I'm all in. We love you for it. We love you for it. It's great. <laughs> At least you know I came prepared. You did. Mac, if, so well if there was one thing I knew having you on this podcast would achieve, it would deceive it would be to see how prepared you actually came and you did not disappoint. <laughs> no, not at all. That's reassuring to hear. I worked very hard on my document. <laughs> <laughs> on your thesis. As on, you my, on my thesis, that's correct. I'm handing in my final paper and I graduate after today. <laughs> uh, Malcolm, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really, really lovely having you here. Um, where can everyone find you? What are your socials? Uh, my socials are, I have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course my Twitch page. Everything is Makama Plays, M-A-K-A-M-A -A -A Plays. Um, and that's where you can find me. That's where I post everything all day, every day. Awesome. And your your Instagram photos. So Makama has a special, sorry, <laughs> special touch with like in-game photos like game photography you take some amazing photos so if you want to have a look at them go check out Makama's Instagram because they're great thank you <laughs> and Justin where can we find you uh twitch twitter justin underscore says underscore hey sometimes he doesn't say hey sometimes he says hi <laughs> I gotta mix oh, it up keep everybody on their toes <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on Twitch, uh, Peach underscore, please, spot PLS. And on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter, Peach underscore PLSX. Um, but thank you so much, guys. It's been so much fun chatting to you. And Makama, thank you for the 12 pages. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. I'm very honored to be here. It means a lot. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next month. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>